Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Write For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of Business Ninjas. I'm here today with Jerry Wilkie. He's the Director of Sales Engineering at Entrado. Jerry, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Kelsey. Nice to talk to you. Yeah, excited to talk to you too today about Entrado. So, Jerry, why don't you start and tell me a little bit about yourself? Thanks. Um, I've been in the uh, telecom industry now for over 32 years. I started in the early 1990s in a startup wireless company and spent about 22 years in telecom, but mostly on the wireless side. So did some startups in the wireless industry. Um, my last startup was in the late 2000s, a company that was eventually bought by a major tier one carrier in the United States, and then uh, moved over to Entrato about 10 years ago. Entrato is a 911 uh, public safety services company that supports uh, many of the 911 calls that are routed to public safety today in the United States and other countries. So when you say a 911, you know, public safety solution, what, what does that mean? Well, we route 911 calls from the, um, the wireline in, for the wireline industry, the voice over IP providers, um, for wireless carriers, we do things like text to 911 for wireless carriers and over the top application providers. We are starting to actually get into the IOT space, internet of things. So what we're doing with that is if the uh, application company wants to develop something that needs to get to public safety or a 911 center, we have a, a product that can actually do that, take a request for assistance and send it to a geographically appropriate public safety answering location. And they, they would get information about the call, the call itself delivered to them in their um, in their automatic location indicator services coming into their call processing equipment. Um, they call it in our industry CPE. So they have call handling equipment that takes calls and it, it has information about the 911 call location, um, the provider sending the call in, things like that um, provided to public safety. We deliver those calls and we actually also make that kind of uh, call taking equipment. We, we, are, we are a manufacturer of the hardware and software for that those services for uh, just about half of the United States uh, public safety answering centers use our hardware software for call taking equipment also. We also build and support next generation 911 networks. And you're probably wondering, what's a next generation 911 network? I'll answer it for you. It's an IP-based next gen network that routes calls on internet protocol instead of the legacy technology we have today, which is uh, circuit switch technology using um, older um, alley servers for location delivery to the public safety answer locations. All of that's getting forklifted and changed over to next generation 911 and our company's right in the middle of that. So when, you know, when you're talking about the, the alley servers, what, what do you mean by that? It's a server for on the wireline side that was developed years and years ago. Uh, they've been around probably uh, close to 40 years now. Um, those servers house your address information about you when you make a 911 call from, you know, an old, plain old telephone line or a wireline service. Um, it directs the call to the uh, public safety answering location with a 
uh, information about the, uh, the caller's location. Well, as wireless and VoIP started to take off, wireless first and then VoIP voice over IP started to take off, they had to start figuring out a way to actually reuse those alley nodes or those servers around regionally around the country to direct the wireless caller and the wireless location information to public safety, kind of taking the existing infrastructure that was in place today and, and finding a way to retask it for wireless call routing and location delivery and VoIP call routing and location delivery. So that system is still in place today in the majority of the public safety locations in the United States, but it is quickly being replaced by next generation 911 systems that are doing IP-based call routing and, and it's completely different services. And why do you think it's an important change that, you know, this is this is occurring in the in the industry now? It brings um more, at least it's supposed to bring more redundancy, uh, flexibility, uh, new services available, such as being able to deliver um, native text and um, video services into public safety mm -hmm. and actually helps in the future is going to help with um, call routing based on the location of the caller, especially from a wireless device. Mm. In today's um, 911 for wireless, location of where the call is going to be delivered to for call routing for the last 20 plus years has been derived off the cell site you made the call from. So the cell site you made the call from is in the messaging to a company like ours. We see that and go, okay, we have the cell site address. We have the XY coordinates for that location. And we have the callback number that came in in this messaging. We'll deliver that to public safety. That's called phase one information. And we'll route off that uh, XY coordinate to, to public safety that's geographically appropriate for that cell site or sector. Mm -hmm. So we already have established call routing on each cell site and sector. But the problem, Kelsey, with that is, and it's been a problem since its inception, is radio frequencies on a cell site basis or a sector basis don't just stop at a jurisdictional boundary, like a county line between a county and a city. So I use the analogy a lot. Our company is up from is located in Longmont, Colorado, and it, that's in Boulder County. If you made a call on a cell site that has the call routing um, to Boulder County, which is fine. But what if that cell site or sector leaks? You know, twenty, thirty percent of the radio f frequency coverage is in the city of Longmont. Shouldn't the city of Longmont got the call, not Boulder County? So what happens is it routes to Boulder County and then Boulder County has the caller tell them where they are located or they get the XY coordinates and notice they're in the city limits of Longmont, Colorado, and then they transfer the call to Longmont, Colorado, which takes, you know, 30 seconds to a minute on the 911 call to get this thing, this caller who's in an emergency over to the right public safety jurisdiction to dispatch services to. Mm -hmm. That's been a, a long-term problem that we've been wanting to solve and, and finally recently have solved it. Wow. So, it you know, and that time is so precious on a 911 call. So the work that you're doing is really crucial. And I can imagine, you know, is really making a significant impact in the in the industry. Yeah, correct. The time, timing is everything. And the time you make a 911 call from the time the call taker takes it and decides what type of emergency you have and then makes a determination of what um, units are in the, the available in the area, whether it's police, fire, or medical, mm -hmm. 
and dispatches them is important. And if it's a medical, especially, uh, what even fire or police, they, you want a response as quickly as the you know call taker takes it and determines your location and gets the right resources that's closest to you dispatched. You know, in my in my thirties back. 30, almost 30 years ago, I, I did uh, uh, part-time firefighting in uh, Minnesota for a couple of years. And in that job, we we had multiple fire stations. So they didn't dispatch all three fire stations in the city limits of that city to the fire. They, they dispatched the closest one based on the location of the caller, right? So if it was an accident, we were the closest fire station, we'd be dispatched as first responders to that accident or if it was a fire we were the fire station that was dispatched first to the fire. If we needed more resources, we would radio that in, or the commander would radio that in saying that we need more resources from other fire stations. So you need to know the location as quickly and accurately as possible. And that, from a wireless standpoint, caused about 10 to 15% of the wireless calls for the last 20 plus years were routed correctly, but to the wrong public safety because it was routed off the cell site and sector call routing. But now today, um, I'm here to say that we've solved that with a major tier one provider. We now route about 80 plus percent of their 911 calls are routed based on the location of their device in their hand, their phone. And we're, we're getting better outcomes for the public and for their subscribers for by doing that, and we're using that now without holding up the 911 call. So we're not holding up the call waiting for location information to come in. We're making that determination during call time. And we're also looking at the accuracy of that information that's coming into our, our server and saying, is this accurate enough to be used for call routing? Or in a fail-safe mode, should we fall back to the cell site routing because we still have that information? So that doesn't go away right now. We're routing off the handset. X, Y coordinates, but if if they're if we don't deem them to be credible or accurate, we can fall back to the cell site location and then route it off of that. And most of the time, that's going to be the correct routing anyway. Mm -hmm. But like I said, that Longmont and Boulder County example, if it was in the city of Longmont, now we would route that call to the city of Longmont. We wouldn't be routing it to the Boulder if we, we churned out locate before route services on our platform. Right. So, how, how accurate is the technology these days? Well, over the last four or five years, I'd say that the smartphone technology, both on speed of acquiring this information and accuracy has come a long, long ways. We're making that determination with a, with a um, we're, we set up a metric that when we see the accuracy coming in on that, if it falls outside of this metric and say the metric's 150 meters, if it falls outside of that, we're following we're falling back to the cell site ID. But if it falls within that ac accuracy, we're using that to route the call. Mm -hmm. And we're getting much better uh, outcomes and feedback from public safety. And it's live today for a major, one of the major three carriers, it's live today for all of their 911 network, meaning that we're making this routing determination at call time. We're looking at the accuracy of the location information. And over 80% of the time, we're using what the device sent us not the call routing off the cell site or sector ID. So hmm. that's cut back, uh, put back public safety call transfers yeah. tremendously. 
Yeah, I can imagine. So, so you know, you were before you were talking about efficiency and accuracy. When Entrada went to market, what was the what was the biggest issue that you were trying to solve? Really, it was we were trying to solve mostly this this issue is could we make you know years ago when we started working on this could we make a um, routing determination in time that was accurate enough but also it came in without holding up the 911 call because that was one of the principles we were trying to adhere to. We can't hold up the call. That's not a good outcome. So how do we do this without holding up the 911 call? And is the information coming into us accurate enough? And there's been changes in the two smartphone providers, you know, um, Google, Android, and, and Apple is um, operating systems. And they've been making improvements over the years on their accuracy and their speed of acquiring the from the sensors on the device, the location accuracy and a 911 call. I don't think many people do this, Kelsey, but when you make a 911 call, your phone goes into an emergency mode and so does the call when it comes into the carrier's network. It's going now through servers that are prioritizing it as a 911 call. It's kind of separated from the normal calls you make within the carrier's network. And it says, oh, I got a 911 call, send it over to this emergency server. That emergency server then breaks that call out, sends it over to a company like us, and then we determine routing and, and get it to the right public safety. Mm-hmm. But it, this is all done during the 911 call, and it, you made that call, the device knows you've made the call, the carrier network knows you made the call, and then when we get the information, we get the information we need to make this routing determination. Hmm. Hmm, that's really interesting. And, you know, I've been learning a lot more about, you know, I, I've been watching the, the the Murdoch trial. So I've been learning a lot about mm-hmm. 911 calls. And, you know, it's interesting for you talking about the accuracy. And, you know, I didn't know that calls start recording right when you right when you press 911, they start recording right then, which I think is an interesting fact. But, you know, do you kind of I digress? Do you see trends in the, you know, the clients that that work with with um, Entrato? Because I imagine it's a highly regulated industry dealing with emergencies, dealing with people's mm-hmm. lives. So like kind of a two-part question. One, do you see trends in, you know, the clients that you work with, but also two, kind of talk to me a little bit about the regulations in the industry. Well, trends I'd say right now, what we're seeing is more alternative ser- uh, services being provided um, by a company like us. And we're bringing products to the marketplace that deal with, um, I'll use an example. We have a new product suite called Safety Suite. In the market, that's really um, addressing is enterprise safety and school safety. Mm-hmm. So you have uh, regulations now, for example, Alyssa's law for uh, schools or enterprises that if you're supposed to be able to put some kind of a request for assistance or panic button on the wall, we actually made a panic button that you could that, that's a wearable. It's like a, the size of a badge that you can uh, that integrates into safety suites platform that now has you be able to invoke a request for assistance. But not only does that go to public safety in a cool fashion, but it also alerts people like on the security or leadership of the school or the company that would use this type of system. It alerts them that somebody is in distress, where is their location. You you know, it alerts them, um, the person that has this wearable on could actually say, oops, I shouldn't have pushed that. I, they can cancel it. So their, their service is on us. We have this in the cloud today. So you could you see the what's going on within a, a laptop or tablet. And also we have a mobile app for this service. So we're seeing 
what I would call more alternative uh, services be provided for public safety. And like I said early on this, in this interview, we're starting to see also companies with wearables needing these type of services or alternative services being and information being delivered to public safety that they don't see today, they don't get today, that will impact outcomes. Like, wouldn't it be interesting if you gave permission to send your medical information during a 911 call, if you had an allergy or you had information about your med medical that you wanted shared with public safety during a 911 call, again, with your permission, those services are starting to come to the market now. Yeah. So yeah. There's, a, there's an example. But from the regulation side, this locate before route that I was talking about, that's right now in the in the Federal Communications Commission as a notice of proposed rulemaking. So there's public comments going on right, right at this moment from the carriers and stakeholders and the communities affected by this. Um, there will be possibly a rulemaking within this summer sometime by the FCC on locate before route. Once they do a rulemaking, if it's adopted, there'll, there'll be a time frame for carriers to have to comply and compliance metrics they'll have to follow from this uh, on a nationwide basis. So the FCC's made rulemakings over the last decade since I've been at Trotto on a 911 accuracy. They raised the accuracy bar tremendously in 2015, what I'd call the FCC's fourth report in order. They've added uh, in the fifth report in order and sixth report in order, um, vertical accuracy metrics now for, they, we call them Z-axis, but it's really vertical. How high are you in a building? For example, what floor you're on? And they put a accuracy met metric on that. So there's all sorts of regulations going on like that. And then recently over right, right before is ironic that it happened during this time, right before the COVID, COVID uh, the pandemic for COVID, there was uh, rulemaking on, uh, what to deliver to public safety for VoIP and wireline and competitive local exchange carrier 911 calls. They're trying to get better accurate information about where you are. Should you use a soft phone for a VoIP provider? Um, how do I get prompted to make sure I have the correct 911 address in the database? So when my call's routed, it's routed correctly and the 911 dispatcher actually gets my current address. Like I'm working from home right now. If I was working in Longmont, I would get my Longmont address. When I'm working from home, are there services that can be provided that allows me to use a, a VoIP service provider, soft client, to make sure I get prompted and put the right 911 address so my call doesn't get misrouted to Longmont, Colorado, instead of where I live in Texas, mm -hmm. for example. So that was Kerry's Law and um, Ray Balmack. Those were rules that were redone for the more fixed static services and nomadic services for VoIP and wireline carriers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what would you say the biggest misconception about your industry is? Is Do you think it has to do with regulations or, you know, what, what would you say the biggest misconception about the, the industry is? I think the biggest misconception, that's a great question, by the way, from my view is when we see st stuff about 911 calls in the media, you're seeing a little bit of the tip of the icebergs sticking outside the water. You don't see the bulk of the 90% of what goes on under the water. You're not seeing that. And I don't think we as a society and the media does a very good job of explaining to the public how complex this these networks are, how many stakeholders are involved, and what type of services are available and how they work. I see time after time after time media 
you know, taking short snippets of here's how this works, and they're really not doing it justice, and the public has really no idea how this these networks work, how the phones work when they're making a 911 call. And if they knew and they understood it better, I think we could get better outcomes for our citizens in the United States. You know, we know, I know, you're finding out about it today in this interview. People that will listen to this will find out more about it. But the general public really has no idea how this all works. They just have these assumptions they hear from media or what they've heard word of mouth. And, and most of the time, it's not very accurate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you would want them to know one thing, you know, what would you want them to know when you were saying that? I would want them to know and get a better understanding of how a 911 call works from any device they're going to use for 911. If you're using a VoIP phone, how is this going to work? What's going to be delivered to public safety? How is it going to be routed correctly? Ask your providers these questions. How's a 911 call work from a wireless device? What's going to be, what's being delivered to public safety on my behalf? Mm-hmm. You know, what kind of location is being delivered to public safety? How do they get it? Um, why did my call maybe get misrouted on a VoIP services and, and report that if that happens? Because you're sure the neighboring jurisdiction will transfer the call, but if you don't tell the VoIP services provider that happened, um, nothing's going to be done to fi- fix it. You know, things aren't perfect. There's jurisdictional boundaries. They change. The service providers try to keep up with this. We try to keep up with this. We survey our public safety entry and locations a couple times a year, but if they change something and don't tell us, then we might have a boundary incorrect, and we may may, may cause a misroute because of that. Those need to be updated on a regular basis, and we take that responsibility seriously. Yeah, yeah. So kind of talking about educating, you know, citizens on, you know, 911 calls, where can people go to learn more, you know, about about Entrato, about, you know, educating themselves on, you know, 911 calls? Where where can they go to learn more information? Well, Entrato.com, of course. We also um, have social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we post in LinkedIn. We post in uh, Twitter, Facebook, and places also, so you can get information about us there. Um, the FCC has information about uh, 911 and public safety, and, mm-hmm. and that's helpful. Um, Nina, N-E-N-A, dot org, and APCO, dot org. Those are um, public safety. Um, they're public safety associations that work with um, public safety stakeholders and companies like ourselves to do educational outreach, both to the industry and to the public. So there's information about these services on those websites. But yeah, yeah all of those um, stakeholders, the FCC, us, Nina, APTO, um, these are companies just, you know, get on and do it, uh, a, a browser search, you know, with one of your favorite search engines and find out more about it. That uh, you're going to learn as you ask questions to the, you know, in a search, a lot about 911 that you didn't know and maybe break some myths that you had about how 911 works. Or even how text to 911 works for that matter. Yeah, yeah. Well, Jerry, this has been a great conversation. As, as we start to wrap up, is there anything that you want to leave our listeners with, either about, you know, routing determinations, you know, the 911 industry, telecom, Intrado, anything you want to leave our listeners with? Yeah, I just wanted to say, you know, on this locate before route um, project we worked on with uh, AT&T, I, I just wanted to thank at t for the, their engineering team's help working through this project with us, but also our engineering team. And, and 
it wasn't just me working on that. There was people with me and, and our team was, uh, John Snap, the VP of technology was heavily involved. Um, of course, myself and, um, the, uh, account executive for AT&T, Todd Rafter worked on the agreements with, with AT&T to, to pull this off. We had our engineering group, um, we call them the Einstein team. <laughs> That's their real name. Um, Bill Ike and Darren Marconis and the team behind them to help them on this. Josh Birch is uh, the director of product development. He was involved in this heavily. Chris Welch was a technical project manager testing with two public safety entities in two different counties, Chahomish County and Palm Beach County in Florida. They were they were both heavily involved in testing this and validating our assumptions and making sure things were working before we took this nationally with AT&T. And I just wanted to to give them a shout out and, and uh, the leadership at our company for supporting us on this venture and even getting this done finally after 20 plus years of routing off cell site only. It was nice to see a change in technology and better outcomes for the public. Yeah. Well, as profound and like you said, I can imagine the outcomes that, you know, it has affected the public with, you know, for the for the best is has been pretty profound, I can imagine. So, you know, Jerry, I appreciate you being on Business Ninjas today. I think this was a great conversation, very insightful and informative. And I appreciate you taking the time to uh, to break everything down for me. Thank you, Chelsea. Hey, are you a business ninja? Want to be interviewed like this? Give us a shout. Go to www.writeforme.io. W-R-I-T-E-F-O-R-M-E dot I-O and schedule a time to meet with us and we'll make it happen. Keep slaying it, y'all.